We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. The mayor's office announced that the American Job Center moved from 11th and O to 13th and N Street last week. The United States Department of Labor Secretary Marty Walsh came into town. This is an employment center that helps dislocated employees and employers looking for staff. One of their many partners is Southeast Community College. Their website even says they have some sublease offices. And this segment is possible today because of the Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board, Nebraska Prep Equipment, and our newest sponsor, Lower Platte South Natural Resource District. In a study commissioned by Welcome Home and conducted by the University of Nebraska at Omaha, researchers found that regulatory costs, government costs, account locally for an estimated 33% of total construction costs. The national average, however, is 21.5%, as reported recently by the National Association of Home Builders. And alternatives to college education. We're talking about apprenticeships. What is it like? How much money can they make in these trades? And can you support a family? How to finance the purchase of your commercial building these days when interest rates are going up. And we're going to talk a little bit about Brookshire Hathaway's letter that Warren Buffett pens every year for the annual shareholders meeting. What did the guru have to say this year? We want to welcome Kyle. He's in from John Henry's Plumbing and... Um, we had John Henry's in a few months ago, maybe a year or two ago, to talk about apprenticeships, and it was t truly engaging. Um, it, it's really good to know in Lincoln we have alternative career paths yes. for our students. And so Kyle is in to talk about that today. How, how are you doing? Doing good today. Thank you for having me. How did you make a decision to go into an apprentice? ship program what's your story like as opposed to going to college or doing some other kind of career um you know i actually started uh going to college for a couple of years um, oh did you yep, yep did uh one year at unl and then one year at sec yeah just figured out it wasn't for me and sure. so i had a couple buddies who worked at john henry's and kind of told me what uh you know how everything went over there and that it was a great place to work and i thought you know i'll, I'll give it a shot i like working with my hands and everything like that and so uh, applied there, and it's kind of where everything started. Wait, and was that it that you knew you didn't want to be behind a desk and you just like to be active and busy? And is that what it was? Exactly. I I always have known that I don't want to don't want to work at a desk, and so it, I was always looking at options, you know, to work with my hands, stuff like that, and and that's how plumbing really stuck out to me, especially once once I had a couple of buddies kind of talk about it did and, you build things when you were a kid did oh yeah you, you, yep i was always building things lego stuff like that yeah. of course yeah. taking mechanical pencils apart and stuff like that yeah. and seeing how everything works so yeah. oh, I, had a good. I had a brother like that there were parts all over the bedroom floor at all times 24 they take everything apart and he became an engineer well so. i was gonna say that's a that's a good engineering <laughs> uh skill to have and and frankly let's be honest 
you're the more practical type of engineers. Cause, yes. Because <laughs> when the water's backing up and there's water flowing throughout your house, you want something done immediately. So most of us have sort of this vague idea of apprenticeship and what it is. Kind of make it real for us. Yeah. So at, at John Henry's the apprenticeship program um, basically starts people from either no experience or limited experience in the plumbing hmm. field. And uh, they get you hands-on training, you know, right away. A lot of times you start in our warehouse where you can get a good idea on what parts we use every day, uh, how, you know, different tools work, um, especially tools related to the plumbing field. And then uh, you get, you know, hands-on training with, you know, journeyman plumbers. Um, people have been in the field quite a while. Um, and then you get just a whole different array of jobs, you know, from excavation to service and construction type jobs. Oh, even excavation. I didn't think about that. But yeah, oh, yeah. a new house. Um, so d there's not like one professor the the this apprentice person follows around all day. It could be any member of the team that's teaching them. Or, or are they like assigned to somebody, like a um, shadow? Yeah, a lot of times uh, you, you move around. Um, if somebody needs, uh, you know, an extra hand. You go uh, where it's you needed. You go where it's needed. Uh, and then, of course... <clears throat> Anyways, um, well, you, I'm guessing that, uh, you know, you move from one place to another and you have just different mentors, different mentors during the experience, each, each one of those uh, processes. Is that somewhat accurate? Exactly. We, we do have a couple guys who've been at John Henry's a long time. We've been in the plumbing field a long time and they're, they're always, um, you know, open to answering any question you might have. Um, and they're, you know, they're always willing to help. And so they're kind of the ones that we, we go to, you know, first, always sure. call them with a question. So, Have you ever had anything that was particularly funny or an extraordinary moment of gratitude? We always like to ask people this uh, question <laughs> Do you because have a funny it, it's story? interesting, uh, the different things that happen to people. Yeah, I think my thing is that always, you know, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it is when you have a, a really bad drain that's backing up, takes you, you yeah. know, a long time to cable it. And and you finally get it open, and you get to get to watch all that water drain down. And it, <laughs> That's your moment it, of joy. <laughs> it is, it is. And then of course there's the, satisfaction in a job well done. <laughs> exactly. Then the homeowners love it too because the 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 drains backing up are you know a stressful stressful oh, event, no and so it, when you can help help out a homeowner with that too, that's you get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Since you don't have to pay tuition in a general sense. Is there something when you come on to the company, like, is there anything you have to contribute? You, do you pay a fee or bring something with you? Or is everything provided by John Henry's? Uh, John Henry's provides, you know, the big, big equipment. Um, they also, um, any, any tool specifically related to plumbing, they, they can take care of. Uh, you do have to get kind of your own hand tools you know, screwdrivers, wrenches, uh, stuff like that. So there's some skin in the game. There is, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then another thing, you know, is you just have to invest a lot of your time into learning. Um, right. And then, of course, we do also have an option to go through plumbing classes. Uh, about at, 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 say, Southeast Community College or something like that? Um, ours is with uh, Associated Builders and oh, Contractors. Sure. Okay. Um, and then those classes are usually one to two nights a week, and they uh, they really help out in the plumbing knowledge. There. Very practical. It, is there any sort of requirement for, uh, say, a high school diploma or a GED or anything like that? I mean, I don't know. If to, in order to in join order the to, apprenticeship program. Right. 
Yep, high school diploma or GED um, is required for oh, the apprenticeship. Okay. So you do okay. have to at least have that. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. And can a can a person support a family on these wages? Yes, uh, we offer very very competitive wages with every other um, company, and then uh, we also offer uh, full family benefits and full employee benefits and oh uh, like health nice. insurance yep. and stuff, and then uh, health insurance and four hundred one k matching wow. and stuff like that. So wow. Yeah. That's excellent. That's, that's better than a lot of people who spend money to go to college after their first job. So. Yeah, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Well, Real thanks, stuff. Kyle, Thank for you. coming in. You were listening to Kyle from John Henry's Plumbing. Um, great option. If you have a kid that's active, busy, doesn't want to sit behind a desk, great career option. Coming up next, financing your commercial building. Jason Culver will be in from NEDCO to talk about interest rates and workarounds during a time of increasing rates. We'll be right back. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Out by that new casino, you stop at 200 West Aramonth Lane um, has put in the big flagpole for oh. their humongous flags that they put outside of those U stops. Yeah, those are big flags. And I remember seeing the building permit for the flagpole alone. $5,000. You know, just for the, and that, and that was just to put the footings in for them. Wow. It's a, that's. Not as it, easy as it looks. No, it's not. And kudos to Whitehead Oil for doing that, by the way. Hey, uh, this segment is possible today because of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance, University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business. Financing your commercial building for your business, it's gotten a little bit tricky lately. So we decided to invite Jason Culver from NEDCO onto our show um, to maybe give us some tips, some workarounds. Here's how to do it in this um, interest rate environment that we have. First and foremost, you're going to have to help us out with NEDCO and tell us what does that actually mean and tell us what your mission is. Yes, thank you for having me. NEDCO is not Nebraska Concrete. We often get mistaken for that. <laughs> oh, right. gosh. NEDCO is the Nebraska Economic Development Corporation. You can see why we shorten it. And we are a certified development company, which just means that we are licensed by the SBA to process SBA 504 loan applications, which helps uh, small businesses purchase land, building, and equipment. And that is the program that is predominantly used by most of the people that I have dealt with. Oh, yeah. Is that the... A lot of people, a lot of my clients use SBA right. loans. Yeah, and the SBA 504 loan in particular. Is that is that accurate or not? Correct, yeah. The SBA's got a lot of programs, but when you're looking at buying a building, 504 is really the, the prime product out there. Um, it offers advantages that conventional loans... Um, sometimes are lacking in. Um, we can get businesses in to a building with as low as 10% equity, whereas conventional loans are going to require 20, 25% down. Correct. Now, you're you're not exactly a bank. I mean, do you see people, do people come into your office and how are you the same or different than a bank? You know, we do see a few people uh, coming into our office, but it's pretty rare. Like you said, we're not really a bank. We're not taking uh, deposits, anything like that. Uh, but they'll find us on, on the Internet or through their banker or their real estate agent. And 
what we do is we work with them. We actually also work with their lender to get them these SBA 504 loans because it, it's not really well known out there. We're not advertising like some of the bigger banks are. So it really helps. We build relationships with banks in the state so that when they have somebody come in their their office and say, hey, I want to buy a building, but maybe I don't have enough funds to to do a conventional loan, what's out there, they know to give us a call and we can start working with them. And and you also are uh, able to give some terms that are a little bit different than your conventional banks, correct? Correct, yeah. They're more than uh, just the pleasure of working with us. There, there's an advantage there where, uh, as I mentioned, there's the low down payment, but there's also a long-term fixed rate, which they're not going to find with a conventional loan. We're seeing in the current market somewhere in the 7% range for a conventional loan. And that's only going to be fixed usually for about five years. Whereas with our loan program, we're going to fix the interest rate for the full term. Could be 20, 25 years. So as you're in a rising rate environment, which it looks like we remain in that raising rate environment, you're going to be able to lock in a rate and know, hey, my payment's not going up. What are some of the businesses in Lincoln that were able to do some growing in recent months because you helped them with this? Yeah, you know, we see a lot of businesses across the board. Um, most recently, we've seen an increase in actually event centers. Uh, weddings obviously took a little bit of a hit during yes. COVID. Yeah. But yes. there's some demand there. And you are you are not kidding me. I uh, get those calls. Yeah. yeah. Or are you kidding me? Because I have a daughter who's uh, looking to get married. Mm hmm. You know, uh, a great one that comes to mind is Bosana Event Center, which will be going up just southeast of town, right along Highway 2. And uh, they're trying to give you that maybe that out of town rural winery feel without actually going to a vineyard. Oh, cool. Uh, so uh, there's, you know, wedding facilities in town, but we're seeing a lot of demand and some of these wedding facilities popping up just on the outskirts of town to sure. fill that need. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, there's always workarounds during times like this, and I think you kind of alluded to some of that, the um, the down payment is is more problematic now than it used to be. What, a, mm -hmm. what Talk a little bit more about the workarounds that you provide with these particular kinds of loans. You know, that's a great question. I, I often say we're a tool in the toolbox, and we don't work for everything, but when your loan fits with our program, it's a great tool to use. And so, again, talking about that, 20 25 percent down that's that's pretty hard on a lot of businesses and even if you can come up with that much down it's really going to cut into your working it ties capital. up your capital so much. exactly and so if you're looking to expand and you want to kind of keep the powder dry you don't want to really put all your eggs in one basket so this is a, a perfect way where yeah i could i could put a conventional loan together but maybe i only want to put 10 percent down and save some of that so that I can, you know, hire more employees, right. equipment, or all buy that good widgets. stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's not just because you can't get a conventional loan. Sometimes it's better. You prefer mm -hmm. not to. Well, uh, how about a couple of uh, interest rate things? What 
I'm sure you've got some slight interest rate changes that you have for different customers. I mean, they're not all the same. Like not risk. every customer pays the same interest rate. And I think that's confusing for a new customer. Like, why is mine different than this guy? Correct. You know, it's really going to be risk-based. So the lenders we work with, if this business is a startup, they're probably looking for a little higher interest rate because that increases the bank's mm, risk. Sure, yeah. If it's a very specialized building, like a gas station, where it's only ever going to be a gas station, mm -hmm. that's going to increase their risk because there's only so many people looking to buy that building. Um, so those are two factors. Is it a startup? Is it a very specialized building that you're looking at? And from there, interest rates go up. Jason Culver, Nedco, how do people get a hold of you? You can find us at our website, nedcoloans.org, or give me a call at 402-483-4651. That was very good. I'm Thank you. glad you came in. Thanks yeah. for that. Thank you. Coming up next, Berkshire Hathaway's annual shareholder letter. We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Commercial Real Estate here. And Dave Albers of the Albers Company. This segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Charter Title. Berkshire Hathaway sent out their annual shareholder letter, and we always kind of want to know what that means in the next upcoming months, what the predictions and recommendations are. In the studio, Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. How are you doing today, Mr. Roger? I'm doing good, Robin, and you are right. Probably one of the most anticipated letters that came out last weekend. Yeah. yeah. The Berkshire Hathaway letter. You know, this week I thought it'd be good to discuss that a bit. So in the annual letter, uh, Mr. Buffett explained that the secret sauce of their investing success is to make investments in businesses with both long-lasting favorable economic characteristics and trustworthy managers. Well, I think most people consider uh, Warren Buffett pretty trustworthy, and uh, it, a lot of people look to him in turbulent times because he does seem to, to yeah. be that calmness in a storm. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, he had uh, something... Um, uh, to say it in letters, of course, but, you know, one of the things that I think uh, that I was thinking back on the shows in the past, I think we've talked a little bit about some of the things that he mentions in the letter uh, before. But uh, one of those things is buy companies you want to own based on the fundamentals and management teams and what I call forget the market noise. Right. And does the investment fit in with your risks and time horizon? So Mr. Buffett went on to say, you need to understand the business. Yes, we may know what the business operates and so forth, but you also want to know where the business will be in 10 years. He said, if you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, then you don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes. I, I love that kind of, one. I, I do love too. That. Yeah. But it sounds really, really conservative. And there's a lot of people who have made money on tech stocks, and that was probably because they got out of them before 10 years, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's always been pretty conservative with his purchases. But uh, I think we can debate those comments. Uh, I, right. But, you know, but my clients tend to own investments for quite a while, too. They They tend not to jump in and out of investments very often. Uh, we discuss often uh, if the investments uh, still fit in their portfolios when we have those review meetings with my clients, too. 
The next thing he mentioned is, does the business have a durable competitive advantage? The more secure the competitive advantage, the more likely the company will prosper over decades. He went on to ask if the business's management has integrity and talent. Buffett looks for three things in a manager, a leader or leader, intelligence, initiative, and integrity. And for him, integrity matters the most. Yeah, uh, and you, you see that uh, with several of the businesses that he own, they own privately and the ones that they own, own publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also, you know, looks for what he calls undervalued companies or other people call undervalued companies. But that's a yeah. little obscure to, in, in a lot of ways. So why don't you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, you're right. Uh, he is known for a value investor. He always tries to buy that good deal uh, if he can find it. But does the price make sense? Uh, this is a question that he asks. Uh, as passive investors, Mr. Buffett seeks out companies that seem to be trading for less than their value. There really isn't any universal measure of value. Companies with long-standing or long-lasting earning potential tend to have consistent earnings, uh, good cash flow, and low amount of debt. We've talked about some of that stuff on the radio show as well. Our listeners ponder uh, their next investments, or maybe as they are pondering that next investment, Mr. Buffett's words of wisdoms might be beneficial. I suggest you consider the investment and see how it fits into your overall portfolio. Does it meet your risk parameters first or your time horizon? Visit with your financial professional. If you haven't visited with them for a while, reach out to them and ask some of these questions to see if it fits. And now I want to ask you for his best stock tip, but I know you're not going to do that, are you? Well, unfortunately, Mr. Buffett hasn't given me that information yet, so I, <laughs> I can't provide that. I don't think they would even let you, would they? <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Roger. You're welcome. Thanks Ro- again, Roger. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through both Berthel Fincher Berthel Fisher and Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS, member FINRA, SIPC, Investment Advisory Services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. I am a client of Roger, and I am not being compensated. Coming up next, housing for the missing middle. We'll be right back. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Get hooked on us at Grow Lincoln with your earbuds. Our podcast is on the KLIN website. We're here to make business relevant and even fun to learn about. This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor, Evnen Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm. Nebraska Examiner is a new online newspaper. It's based out of Omaha, and they released a stunning report this past week. For the Lincoln area, the average sale price of a newly constructed home reached nearly, this is newly constructed, right? Um, nearly $450,000 in the month of January. The average sale price in 2021? 366000 that is shock. That, that is shocking. Well, it just goes to show you what we're seeing in terms of inflation costs with construction. Now, sometimes these things are skewed a little bit because, you know, when you use averages and, and whatnot, 
if you have a couple of these really expensive homes, they skew things. But this is newly constructed. They right. weren't studying existing homes. No, these are, and this is why this is why things are so difficult for people to get a new home. This is why there were seventeen offers for a pre-existing home. You know exactly <laughs> because you can't afford a new one. Um, in a study commissioned by Welcome Home and the University of Nebraska Omaha. Researchers found that building codes and government regulations account for a third of the construction costs. Yeah, that's fascinating. A third. And surprisingly high to me. And the national average, national average is only 21%. So Omaha, whose prices are not much different than Lincoln. Fairly similar. And I know the two cities confer with each other a lot on building codes and decide between the two of them to have similar building codes. Um, way above average. Yeah, I mean, 21.5% versus 33%. That's, uh, those, are, that's, those are large uh, differences. The costliest punch, according to survey res- respondents, has come from building code changes and architectural design standards, the, the government telling you how your building has to look. Over the last 10 or 12 years, our industry has felt and seen the impact of public officials, quote unquote, good intentions, as they increased regulations on home builders, $500, $1,000, $2,000 at a time. Right. And, and it's I, death I, by a thousand cuts. Right. And I think they're all, they all truly believe that they're doing a good thing for the, for the public. But boy... Oh, it's Over always time, safety. They it's always, always safety. When don't they tell you it's safety? I mean, yeah. there is not enough bubble wrap to make us all safe. Um, one public official in Omaha citing the public plumbing code would not permit water service lines to be installed in a manner similar to apartment buildings for a row house. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do it the same way. It could have saved $14,000 per dwelling if he would have been willing to treat a row house like an apartment building. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just one, example. one example. Well, this, this is Well, you want to know what, the, you know what our own Lincoln Journal Star said about this. Right. They, um, had some, they had some comments, didn't they? They did not hold back. They wrote an editorial re- recently. They said the common theme is safety. Who wants to be anti-safety? The legislature requires a fiscal note to assess the cost of a piece of a proposed bill. It's not crazy to ask for an analysis that allows officials to weigh the cost of a rule versus its likely benefit. If local governments wish to provide homes for all incomes, they're going to have to entertain a paradigm shift. They're going to have to question whether every bit of legislation helps or hurts the housing cause. Yeah, well, and they need to allow some innovation and uh, experimentation in some of their neighborhoods also. Well, every you know, what you always hear is quality of, wi- of life. Well, what's a price tag for the quality of life? I mean, if you are demanding of home builders something that is above what your own citizens can afford, um, and the Journal Star went on to say, perhaps our state legislatures and our federal government will need to consider not just carrots, but occasional sticks when a community fails to take reasonable steps to keep costly regulation under control. Wow. Wow. I, 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 we both kind of <laughs> wow. say wow, because that's not something that we normally see 
from that particular publication. No, and I was reading a what I would clearly describe as a left-leaning national news organization whom I would never expect to stand up for less regulation and housing. This is the Atlantic. The Atlantic. Oh, this really surprised me. Um, They wrote an article about the housing theory of everything. And they said high real estate prices eat up young families' budgets and prompt parents to have fewer kids than they like. The inability of investors to move to cities bursting with know-how and capital quashes a country's long-term growth projects. The inability of workers to move to, a, move to cities with high wages and high housing costs dents its GDP. Driving up housing prices by restricting construction acts as a wealth transfer from renters to landowners. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with them. And. When the, and when the government is the one doing it and the government's the one saying, you know, we don't want a shared responsibility in this. Let the developer pay for it. And by the way, we want it to be nicer, prettier, better and more quality of life. And you can pay for it. We're not going to. Yeah. Well, they went on to also say that, indeed, housing prices might be the single biggest generator of financial disparities in many Western countries. Which I think that there there's uh, some accuracy associated with that. Yeah, I yeah. don't disagree. Um, they talked about they're shaping. I, I don't know. This might be a little more controversial. Right. They're shaping higher education, turning elite urban colleges into real estate conglomerates. <laughs> that was kind of uh, hit I, below the belt, wasn't it? I I was kind of surprised by that. Statement. I don't I don't know, but I remember in twenty sixteen. And 2015, touring colleges with my daughter, thinking, what is the real estate deal on these college campuses? I mean, these massively expensive housing and dorm projects and these massively expensive building projects that these universities... I mean, no cater- one- that are catering towards students. No wonder my student has to get a student loan. They have to pay for this pretty building, you know? And I was just like, wow. And it, I don't disagree that... That makes it harder for a low-income family to afford college. Well, I mean, in, in after their their comment about uh, real making uh, make them real estate conglomerates, they say barring low-income student and and that bars low-income students from attending. Well, it does, yeah, right? And and they're also preventing new businesses from getting off the ground and. And killing the mom and pop This is a left-leaning organization. Which which was really kind of surprising to me to hear this from, like I said, that publication. It's like we've reached this tipping point on regulation on housing. We've finally realized that you can't have both massive regulation and then, you know, something like COVID where you have a short supply and a jump in construction prices. We can't manage both at the same time. Yeah. Something has to give. Well, Robin, we're going to have to end end, it end, end, a, end of rant. <laughs> end of this segment. Yeah. Um, coming up next, we're going to have our, our weekly report on businesses opening, closing, and moving around Lincoln, which will be fun. Thanks for being with us on KLIN. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made here. And if I have my way, I'm gonna stay. Ever because-
Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Grow Lincoln. Robin Ashleman with you. And Dave Albers with the Albers Company. This segment is possible today because of Realtors Association of Lincoln, Sarder Heyman Jewelers, and Lincoln Electric System. In our last segment, uh, lots of talk about the extraordinary increase in the cost of housing in Lincoln. Um, there are some bright points. Union at Antelope Valley, 187 residential units are going to be coming in. And this would be a about, about 18th Street, about 18th and Antelope Valley, K Street, L Street, if you kind of picture that in your mind. That is going to be eligible for low-income housing tax credits, um, and they will serve 40 to 120 percent of the area median income. So that'll that'll fill 187. That'll fill a need. Yeah, I mean it won't fill it, but I mean, well, it'll help. It'll make out. a it'll dent. Help. It'll, help it'll make out. a significant dent in a need. There you go. Hey, you've got another pl- uh, restaurant. Uh, in the uh, by in the telegraph about district. three blocks away from there. Yeah, not too um, bad. Three, not too far. Well, me. maybe more than three, but three thirty South Twenty First Street, um, and this is actually next to the mill. Yeah, I I, I, and I I haven't been there, but you had mentioned that, and I go, huh? And it is called Naughty Buddha Burger, and you uh, with your sister-in-law. Yes, um, with Deb from our company, who's vegan, and she, I didn't want to go, but she talked me into it, and it was actually very good, and I, you know, I went thinking, you know, I'll try the food, I'll eat some of it, if I'm hungry, you know, I can run out in the afternoon and get more food. Go out and get real food, Get something. I made it through to supper. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. So that's Yeah. And it was very pretty. I mean, they did an attractive job and very, very fresh. You were paying for the freshness because that's what you got. Well, that's you sound like you're a fan and you would go back again. You might have to take your husband with you. No, you know, I what I would say is if you have a friend that wants to try it, you don't don't be afraid. Just, you know, go ahead and give it a give it a go. It's just, you know, one meal, and it's actually pretty good. Um, South 40th and Old Cheney. Yeah, you found of, some information about St. Peter's Catholic Church. Yeah, they uh, are doing some renovation uh, work there with their lighting and whatnot. This was what was so surprising to me, a $1,050,000. I'm sure they're doing something other than just well, That's got to be more than just lighting. Right. So, but uh, I was just really surprised at the amount. Well, this is that. not like a 80-year-old church building. No. This is a, I don't know, 25 years old? Yeah, you're probably in the hunt there, Robin. It might even be a little bit older than that. But uh, uh, they also, if I remember correctly, I believe they have a school there uh, or maybe a of some sort. I think you're right. Yeah, I think there's a school and... Well, and it just goes to show, I mean, this this is kind of an example why it's so hard for older churches and older neighborhoods. I mean, if you have to put, I mean, I consider as far as churches go, you know, 20 or 30 years is a relatively newer building. And if you got to put a million dollars into, I mean, just think of a church that was built in Lincoln in the late 1800s or the early 1900s, how much money. And, And that explains why it's so difficult with 
those older buildings and those inner neighborhoods. Plus, they don't have parking. And yeah, that on top of everything. Yeah, but they're really pretty. But they're so pretty. Oh, on the inside. I yeah. Mean, I just really uh, like the interiors of those older churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, you had some uh, information at Sutter Place Mall, which is on 48th and Nebraska Parkway. I'm still having a hard time calling it Nebraska Parkway. <laughs> Highway instead, 2, instead for Highway those two. who cannot change. Um, Shara announced two retailers at Sutter Place Mall. Same owner for both. Makes sense when you think about it. Worry-free home care for elderly people. And right fit uniforms, which is scrubs and apparel. So, you know, you need an, you need a staff person to go out to that worry-free home. So, and you have to clothe them. So there you go. I think she's on to something there. Yeah. Well, and not very far from there, just on the other side of Nebraska Parkway slash Highway 2, or I'm going to call it Old Highway 2, uh, on about South 48th and Old Cheney, uh, Women's Care Center is renovating some space there and adding some counseling areas, $150,000. $150,000, yeah, that's a significant investment for, I, I don't know if they're nonprofit, but it kind of sounds like it. Um, sounds like it might be a nonprofit there. Now it, we have to jump out, Robin, to about the 84th. 84th and Nebraska Highway. Slash Old Highway Nebraska two. Parkway, Old Highway 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never get through this. Yeah. New restaurant coming. There is uh, one. Technically, the address is 8520 uh, Bowman Drive. But most people would think of it as between. It's between... Uh, Dairy Queen and Sam's Club. Okay, just to the just to the east of uh, that, Taco Inn is going in, and they pulled a six hundred thousand dollar building permit. It's a reasonably small uh, parcel of land right there, but uh, uh, there's a Taco. What is it? Bell up the highway a ways. Right. There is one up, the but highway. I have always been surprised that there was no. Tex-Mex in this shopping center well, for there, all these years. I, I, I agree. And so... Uh, the time finally came. It it, it has... Uh, I wonder how long it'll take. Oh, we, you know, we just can never believe how long it takes to build a restaurant these days. It takes a long time. Boy, it sure does. Hey, on the other side of uh, Nebraska Highway, Old Highway 2, at 8860 uh, Amber Hill Court... There's going to be, and this is next to the Eustace Body Shop, there's going to be an auto repair shop hmm. with 10 bays, $1 million. Hmm. So, so you've got a gas station, a car wash, and repair over there. Right, body shop and uh, auto repair. Are we out of time or do we, we have time? We are out of time. We are out of time. We want to thank you for joining us here over your lunch hour on KLIN. Um, we'd love it if you would send pictures of buildings or construction sites with your questions or your answers and let us know and we'll announce it. <laughs> <laughs>